We continued our discussion last night of the Tzitzis and Tefillin issue, and thus far we have had a few rides from the Gemara, and it sounds like it's pretty clear in Shulchan Aruch, the Ramaz comment by Tzitzis, that they can technically wear it and volunteer like any other Mrs. Sashay Saman Grama, but they don't because it's Yura, Ramaz Pshat, because even the men don't have to put on, so it's already one removed, and the Tefillin... The Ashara is stronger there. It's Meichen because men don't even do it more than they absolutely have to just for davening. Worried about the guf, machshavas, nakia, and therefore anybody who doesn't have to do it should not be volunteering. We also saw that Ramesha seems to equate tzitzis and tfilin with the guns, with the weapons. And he says that you can only use the Bach when it comes to clothing that's a tachshit, then you're not wearing it for tachshit, you're not wearing it for fashion, you're not wearing it for noy, you're wearing it for the cold, so then you could discuss the kula. But here, it has nothing to do with fashion. It's having the spear, the sword, the gun, is be'etzem tikkun ish, and therefore there wouldn't be shaheter. What I'm going to show you tonight is the Eli Rabbi seems to be disagreeing. And if you look at your single sheet on page one, at the end of the shield last night, we saw the lavush, he had a number of chidushim. He mentioned that Micha Baal wore tzitzis, which the Gemara doesn't say exactly, but he seems to be assuming she wore tefillin she was wearing at talis. And then he went on to discuss why they don't volunteer. And he said that talis is a chayvah's gavra, and he seems to be learning chayvah's gavra is only goes on an article of clothing that men wear. Had it been Chayvah's talis, Chayvah's mono, which Chayvah's kli, then we'll be chayv even sitting in your drawer, and it would be a different story. Uh, the Eliyah Rabbi is going to beg to differ on that shot in the Gemara. We'll get back to that in a moment. And then he said, Micha Bashal was able to do it because everybody knew what she looked like, and she wouldn't get mixed up with men, which is a chidish agabe chidish. We're usually not Darish time to crow that much. Even one beged is also, which the Eliyah Rabbi will point out. And just the historical background, I'm puzzled. They didn't have pictures and she was at Snua. And as you, Tzaddik, pointed out, Shlomo Melech went from house to house. They didn't even recognize him. So the Eliyah Rabbah is going to ask a few of those questions. Take a look at page two. And the Eliyah Rabbah at the bottom of the page on the left-hand side. Hiksha Hanachla Tzvi. So question number one. Menayin Levush HaMichol Haisa Lavesh HaTzitzis. So his guess is, well, who wears tefillin without wearing a talus? Now the rabbi put on the talus first. Malam Akedish, that's only if you're going to wear a talus, but he guesses maybe that's where he's getting his assumption from. Go down to the second bracket four lines later. It's a shayla why Bacham don't wear a talus. If you come back as, uh, I don't want to say as a gil goes, that's not good news, but if you see a Martian who landed and starting from scratch, well, Martian's not going to be high of mitzvah, so I need a good marshal. You see a gear. Start with that. <laughs> Start from scratch. A gear. It doesn't have to be a Martian. It doesn't have to be a Gilgal. Uh, and he wants to start some minig. So the minig in gearers today is that usually whoever the gear learned by, whatever yeshiva learned in, that's the minhagim he picks up. Bob Davka. It's good a place to start as any. It might as well make him feel comfortable. Depends what community he's going to live in. I remember I was by Reb Nissim and B'nai Brock, and we were doing a gerus. So I was with the basin there, and they had 
this Bachar who was already in Yeshiva in Bnei Brak for a while, and he was Ethiopian, and they were doing a Geris Lechumro. We did a Tavazdam, we did Tzil, a Bracha, it was very interesting. And we once spoke about some of the technical details in the Shabbos here, not for now, if you recall. And then the minute after he came out of the mikvah, he was washing Mazatov, and they had a little chaim there, and some Maya Kichel, and then Ramagabam gave a clap, it was time for Milchom. Then B'nai Brak, it's time for Milchom. We had Adam there, he was there, about 15 people in the room. And uh, he's getting on his jacket, he's gearing up, and he's about to finish Ashra, he comes over to me, and he whispers in my ear, he said, Eze Nusach. So I thought, I said, what? It's funny, he came over to me. Everybody else is Israeli and they belong there. I was just visiting. So he came over to me. Maybe he figured I look like a foreigner anyway, so maybe I'll be able to figure it out. It's probably the only one wearing such a tie. So he came over to me and said, Nusach. So I looked at him. I said, well, um, what do you... In Hebrew, I said, what, what Nusach they have in yeshiva? So he says, it's sort of like a Friday yeshiva, which I figured, but there's various forms and there are different students from here, there, and everywhere. So I thought about it for a moment. I said, Edus um, HaMizrach, which is a way to butcher the word Edus HaMizrach for Sephardi, but that's what I told him. If you would start davening in a chesidish or like a yaki, it would look a little odd, and that's not his chevra, and that's not where he's going to be. So that makes sense. Technically, he could pick what he wants. So, you know, if a person is... Uh, is in a matzah where they're going to, you know, be picking something, I would say, if you're a bocha, wear a talus. By him, I didn't have to sell that because he's a Sephardi. Well, I don't know. On the side that he needed a geris, he's nothing. But on the side that he was Jewish in the first place, the geris l'chumro, the Ethiopians are, they Sephardi him? Well, they're not really in. They Sephardi him in Spain. But they're not the Ashkenazim. So the fallback position, and interesting, the real Ashkenazim, yet he's wear a talus. So, Tzad HaShavah, Sephardim wear talis, Ashkenazim wear talis, real Ashkenazim, and the Litvaks and everybody else don't. So, we have a problem being Yashu, the Minig don't change. Right? The Minig is a Minig, and they have various Ramazim and Sukkim and everything, but there's a lot to be said for that. But that's only when you don't have a Minig, which is why you have to be a Geir or what? Still wear talis cotton. Talis cotton is very, I mean, not in Hilchitzitzis now. Tal's cotton, the way we wear it, it leaves a lot to be desired. It's better than nothing, but the sherem we have are very small. There's a lot to be said in the sugi that has to really cover a cotton who's uh, nine, a certain frame, going out without any other clothing. Our talesim, even the 24, even the chaznisha, our talesim are small, which is why one of the milers are getting married. I wouldn't say this is terrible because one of the main things you think of as a mailer getting married, but <laughs> you can now wear a talus and pata your talus cotton. That's a mailer. They said, no, if we held it was a brachal batal, a shayi batal, we wouldn't be saying it's bacham. Okay, so we hope that the shear we're wearing is good. But when people ask me about shearim, I said, if you can handle it, we're the biggest shear because the amalama and the whole thing we have is debatable. And they talk about itu if we can't do itu for that talus. The whole thing is is unusual. So you wear a talus, we try to have a talus go to a pot of talus. The problem is a guy gets up to learn and go to, go to shear, and then this, and three hours later he davens, and it's been the morning already. That's highly questionable. He's saying a brachal goes to my freya. That's a problem. That's a problem that a lot of people face. So, um, but to answer your question, I'm um, getting off the off topic. It just happens to be that the, that position is easier to defend if you're wearing a talus. Why yeah. Talus? Who? Why doesn't he? 
the Shaili is how much the good question is that Shaili is how much a Geras Lachumer was it did, did they really hold I happened to walk in they were doing it so I was by and he asked me to come along uh, I was talking to him on the way the Shaili is did they really hold he was and it was a Geras Lachumer and the whole Ethiopian Sugya is very long and complex and then within that Sugya there are those who did it a little bit before anyway getting back to the subject here so the first question is, Mechatesi, she's wearing a talus, so he's assuming that the talus goes along. The second part, as we mentioned, Ramesha seems to hold that the Bach will not help you one iota in the sugya. You can't wear it for ulterior motive. The term motive here would be L'shem, mitzvah, or as you mentioned last night, L'shem, getting it out of a makam bizayin and bringing it in. Take a look at the second bracket. Mikomakam. Ein divrei levush nirin betam zed. Vakasafti gavra. When the Gemara has a shayla, or tzitzis betzim, a chayvis gavra, or a chayvis mana on the kli, on the beg, enough is if it's in the drawer, do you need tzitzis only when you wear it? El afuke chayvis talis. Chayvis gavra doesn't mean it has to go on a man's garment as opposed to a lady's garment. That's Levush seems to be assuming. The rabbi says, yeah, that's what it means. So he says, that's not going to be a reason over here. That's our simim. And then his pshata, she was recognizable. How's that going to help? Even if you wear one beggar, it's fully recognizable. You're wearing a dress and a tichel, and you're wearing something of a man, even one article of clothing, it's usher. And then he says that he thinks the Bach would apply. Doesn't quote the Bach, but that's what he's quoting as a svar. What he's getting at is that's a very important line. He says she's wearing a shame mitzvah. Why would that be less obish? She's not wearing it to look like a man. She's wearing it, but she wants to put on talis and tefillin. Which, again, just the maskana for right now, the Ramah seems to be mashma. It's only a problem of yura, and then there's a problem of gufnaki and tefillin. Nobody on the daf. That talks about talk about Lesubash. Sounds like it's not a problem. And Lavush is concerned about it as the Kafakhaim brings down others that are. So we don't do it because it's coming from a very bad place now. I'm not targeting the people that are doing it because they're told it's a wonderful thing to do. But it's coming from a very bad place as we explained already at length. And it's from feminism and trying to show that we're angry, we're, we're excluded, and it's Ramosha calls that uh, kfira. Not everybody that does it is a kofir, they just they don't know any better. And on top of everything else, it's also a shaila of Los Obush. And again, why start up with the shaila of the race and a tiger medicine if you have no reason to, especially since some of my do quote it. Once we're on uh, sensitive topics, Two other things I'd like to mention before we move on to the hunting, which I promised once we're on the guns issue. I have an article, which... Uh, did you, Yaakov, you sent this to me? I don't know who sent it to me. One of our... You guys in the share really keep me busy. Uh, I had to fold it up in quarters and halves because even the article is... The article's Chaza Treif, and the picture's even worse. So uh, the title over here is um, All Gender... Cabins coming to a California camp. You didn't send it to me. Okay. Um, we don't have to give credit for Shane Mummer over here. <laughs> so, unfortunately, to add to the mess and the tremendous Chilashem is they're writing this article. Anybody here remember where they... Anybody sent this to me? Or was it somebody... I'll look at my email afterwards. I, 
I printed it out when I got it a couple of weeks back. So I can go look at my computer, but it's... Um, oh, I remember who it was. Okay. He'll hear this in, in a month. Um, yeah. He sent it to me from a nondescript paper. This is not from the Medea Miyateid, as you can imagine. And Nebuch, uh, they're celebrating that all-gender cabin is coming the, from the first camp's cutting edge, and it's a Jewish camp, a high-profile Jewish camp in California. There are a lot of Jews all over the world who mean well and need a Yeshua at the daven that they should do tshuva. So after attending a few, I might even go through the Rashi Tevis because they keep adding to it as we go along. Every month there's another one of these Rashi Tevis. And the more I talk, the more you have to explain it because there are people listening who probably shouldn't be. Um, family weekends at Camp Tawananga. That's always some Indian. Camp Tawanga. Uh, they mention the name, which is Lashon Har. So I'm not going to mention the name, but some nice Jewish boy. Well, I guess he's a boy. Um, that's not a problem. Was ready to attend sleepaway camp here, and uh, his mom, whatever her name is, was nervous because he's 10 years old. You don't know whether to laugh or cry, but you should cry more than laugh. The kid's 10 years old, and he has identified as non-binary. Now, you're going to get the, when we grew up, non-binary has something to do with computer, computer codes. Well, it's a different generation. And uh, non-binary is 10 years old. This is the baby X in New York that we just passed into law, my wonderful governor and mayor. And, um, and they hold it, mamish. Uh, they would call it Sarbala Chaim, because to them kids, animals, all the same. So you can't decide for the kid. Maybe he wants to be something else. So we leave it as um, non-gender, but now it's non-binary. And so the problem is, she was very nervous. Like, where does he go to camp and what do we do? And there are no camps that have non-binary bunks. This is, this is worse than anybody's worst nightmare and worse than science fiction. You would never imagine that this is, but this is our sugi. Here we have an Issa Daresa to even wear one article of clothing. Even when you're trying to do a mitzvah, maybe, uh, to mingle. And here we have a 10-year-old who's been brainwashed. This is not a normal, maybe, you know, it, it, it could be a psychological issue and we feel bad for them, but this is not a normal response. And, and I don't know what came first, the problem, the chicken or the egg over here. Might hear the judge, whoever this is, they should have a Yeshua or a fool. But um, they're very happy because this Jewish camp, very high-profile Jewish camp, obviously not from... Uh, has decided this summer they're going to run a non-binary bunk and see how it goes. And um, because this 10-year-old has a gender identity that falls somewhere outside the category of male or female, and he had this since the age of three. How did he know, I might ask, that he had this since the age of three? Mama should bring a kid, and he would. The answer is, is brainwashed. How can you decide since the age of three? He's 10 years old. He made a decision already. Well, he made a decision not to make a decision. He's non-binary. Non-binary is not tuntumanadroginus, which I'll go back to soon. I'll have to delete this whole share afterwards. But tuntumanadroginus, uh, which we'll get back to, is nebuch a physical issue which has to be dealt with. Here there's a psychological issue that they're trying to deal with, and I feel bad for them to now create and push in society, and they're going to add more Rashi Tevis for this. I don't see any NB over here for non-binary, so they didn't get there yet, but it's coming. It's got to be coming because they added uh, three Rashi Tevis since, since two years ago. So uh, this is coming and, um, and they're going to demand rights and they're going to 
That's the camps too. So Nebuch uh, Yiddish camp is at the cutting edge of this um, wave I'd call tsunami, and um, and they're offering two non-binary bunks. They're going to have very strict rules. How do you have a non-binary bunk? Who are you going to put in there? They're not totally crazy. These are ten-year-olds, right? You got to worry about you know, predators. Who knows what's going on? That's, so they have the article goes on. I'll spare you the great details to explain that they're going to have very strict rules on sneeze in these two bunks. Not. The other bunks won't have any rules of sneers because they're all supposed to be one gender. But these uh, these bunks we got are like really do something. There's an article in a major paper. I don't remember what you remember, but a national paper. So um, that's what the sugi is all about. You know, you wonder somebody who's listening to this share and bumped into me says, I'm amazed. I never knew one sim and one puzzle we have. I'm Amish, a major sugi. I said, all the sugis are like that. But Nebuch, this sugi is more Nogea than we'd like it to be, and it's getting worse by the day, not by the year. And this is now camp, and they're rolling this out, and this is going to be, and they're gonna, all the other camps are going to have to keep up and start copying that. And um, it's obviously not a from camp, but can you imagine a lawsuit on a from camp? Uh, why don't you have a non-binary bunk? The head counsel would say, a what? I hope, unless he's listening to the shit. Now he knows what it is. So... The Mingyalingyan, um, I said I was going to go back to this briefly, probably not brief enough, but I mentioned uh, a couple of months back, at the beginning of this year, the issue with the transgender and that halachically nothing changes. And I'm here to repeat, nothing changes. You can do whatever you want, you can spend $100,000 on, this is a fortune of money, to hundreds of thousands of dollars and be every serum of making a moon in Chayvah Ba'atzma a thousand times over there. Countless Yisurim, the races involved over here. Besides the obvious Lezobosh, that's Al-Kulam. If you're trying to dress like a lady, even one garment or a man, obviously if you're trying to change the whole Tzuris Aguf. So that's the Spitz, the, the Yisur we've been dealing with. And then Chavalah, and then all the other issues, and the fact that you can't, you know, the community can't keep mitzvahs, and they're turning around saying we, as a community, should create a community for them. That, that's, you can't do Kamakami Yisurim, the races, uh, even if you're in a bad state psychologically, it's an ebuch and you have to deal with it, but you can't change the din based on this. And it's never push it that it doesn't change anything. So at the time, I mentioned that there was a chosh of a young man who called me and said uh, he thought there was a tshuva tzitzeliezer, which I had remembered as he said this to me, that Lael Shu was two years ago. I think somebody brought this up. He was sitting here. You didn't bring it up. It was somebody in the back. who started also asking something about a tzitzeliezer, and it wasn't directly Asugi, even though we do pretty interesting things, Lil Shulis at 2 in the morning. But I told him then, I said, whatever it is, um, either we don't pass like it or he's not saying that. It, it's both. We certainly don't pass. We pass again, it doesn't change anything, period. And if you find opinions, the whole not so. And I've since then uh, had, it's, it's incredible what agendas are being pushed by people who, and again, I, I feel bad for these people. They want to be orthodox, that's great. Uh, to say the orthodox position is that Anybody holds, even Sitzeliezer, that uh, it changes the gender is really pushing, I'll explain why in a moment. I will say Sitzeliezer has a few chuvas on it, and it is unclear, but it's irrelevant, because either Sitzeliezer didn't say it, and if he did, nobody agrees. And Sitzeliezer was a big, but they have articles written, the Haredi rabbis said you could change them. They, they insinuated, some of them, that's called half-truths, that he agreed with the whole thing. He would also hold, it's Kamvakami's term, Doreses, the Shailis, even after he did it, doesn't change anything. Nobody, nobody holds this as mutter. And this is being pushed and pushed that there, there is an option over here, which 
it goes without saying that there's nothing to discuss as an optional chatechila, and should have gone without saying that but the evidence doesn't change anything. And I shouldn't even have to say this because I'm preaching to the converted and Leolainu, uh, again, the people who are struggling should uh, get the right therapy and should uh, get the help. But the fact that there's even agenda to push that there's some position of Dox is a Zia Fatira, and that's a big problem. And that's why I hope you never have to discuss it with anybody, but on the Damashatashiv, you have to understand what this Sugi is all about. The Tzitzeliezer talks about a case which he quotes from Aksav Yad, which I can't say nobody ever heard of. He apparently checked it out and thinks it's legitimate, so no problem with that. Tzitzeliezer did his research. It's not a household name in Achorim. He's a Ksav Yad from an old Ksav Yad from Yishalayim hundreds of years ago. And that's important, hundreds of years ago. And he has a case which, again, sounds like science fiction, but in Kabbalah Hunakaba, I have no problem that maybe this happened. They even have as far as medically what happened. But uh, a fellow was married and married many years, happily married, and uh, all of a sudden uh, the wife became a he. So this is butchered, Mamish Ziafatera, to say, oh, there must have been a trend. There was no technology for any of this then. That's Zicha, not what they're talking about. They couldn't even, like, Take out a splinter without causing infection that they know nothing about. There, there's nothing... <laughs> that, that's so ridiculous. I, I just thought, I mean, the truth is that whoever is quoting whatever is talking about, it's not talking about somebody who went to a plastic surgeon and did 17 surgeries for a few hundred thousand dollars 400 years ago. That's, there's nothing... Anybody wants to discuss that, don't even waste your time. The right is, he used the Lushen Nishapech. Nishapech doesn't mean... You did something about it, even if they could, because I knew they could. It says, Nishapech is something changed. I'm not going to go into it now because I have all sorts of ages and genders listening to this uh, sheer, but there is something medically that something, this Tumtum Androganus, and then there's Tumtum Androganus all over Shas. You would never think it's so no gaya. We you know every sugi ends up, we, we dot, dot all the eyes as Zach and Akeva, who's Chayv, who's not, and they look at any Chinuch, and then they always end up in Tumtum Androganus. It's like every other simon. So we always think it's an interesting lumdus on Nebuch. Well, there's Tumtum Adjaganus, not easy to figure out, I'll get to that in a moment, and then there could be something where hormonally it kicks in later. I couldn't figure out, I was bothered, what, is, what can this case be? And I think that's obvious, that's the shot. Because it was the Sapek, they didn't do anything, they didn't have the technology or the medicine for it, it was impossible, they would die, they didn't do invasive surgeries, they didn't do any surgeries then. So, they wouldn't survive. They didn't have the anesthesia. But this is ancient history. Is so, no. So they so here we're talking about where something changed, and here we have a situation where medically there is such a thing where Horm is kicking later. It doesn't say he discusses the lumdus. The lumdus, believe it or not, he discusses does he she need a get? So he says, well, I need a get. They were married Kadas Meshav of Yisrael. Obviously, a wonderful marriage. You need a get? He says, on one hand, well, a get's only chal between a husband and a wife. So he alludes to the fact that maybe the gender could change. So that's a misquote. In this case, it's severely misquoted. You will misquote everything when you have an agenda. That means agenda, you look to make, you put the arrow in, you draw the bullseye. That's what's going on over here. And you have to know that. They have an agenda because they couldn't have, you can't miss this obvious. I don't even know the medicine. It took me like 20 minutes to figure out what was going on over here. I knew they couldn't have done an operation. And the word is this opera, because it's So something kicked in later, 
how drastic the changes, we'll never know. But he, this shuva is not saying that the halacha changes if something changes in the guf. All it's saying is we were misled, we had misinformation, we thought it was a zalcha, it was a keva, vice versa. That's all it's saying. It's bandied around all over the place. So, so I firmly am not convinced <laughs> at all that the Tisseliezer would even hold of this. And it's, the source he has is one true word nobody ever heard of before, which he thinks is, and he discusses the lumpness of it. He has a second tshuva where he discusses what doctors used to do as a matter of course. Um, I spoke to some of the physicians here in the shul. And they said, yes, this was considered for the neonatal units and for the emergencies they deal with, besides emergencies of keeping the young baby alive when they're born. This was like the next level, the biggest emergency you have where everybody was cold, all hands on deck, was where a tumtum of drug is born. It's not that rare or something slightly in any direction. And they were called right away to do the surgery to fix it. Today, they get sued for that. This is where we're at. I would say this is where we're at, gentlemen, because I know I'm talking to gentlemen. Uh, Nobody's settled in over here. But can you imagine? There's a, there's a shot. They, they're mounting lawsuits. It's still being done. But one of the doctors told me, this is like push it. We took this very seriously. The parents would be, would be besides themselves. Now they're claiming, no, many parents would say, that's fine. We'll just let the kid decide himself. And we'll call it baby X. And call baby X even if there's no problem physically. But that used to be a top priority in the hospital. And it was done ASAP. Halachically, that's a serious shayla and should be dealt with Lailene if it comes up in conjunction with the surgeons and the Rabbanim. The question is, how do you figure out what the real gender is and what, you, what should you be aiming at? That's an ethical issue, but it's a halachic issue. More importantly, a halachic issue, and they look at an ethical issue. How's the kid going to be well-adjusted? What's the biggest chance of the biggest uh, uh, proper adjustment that child is going to have? And the shayla is, do you look, we just finished Shabbos afternoon with a long share about DNA. Do you look at the DNA? Well, that's, DNA could tell you the story. Sometimes it's a mix. It's a complicated sugya medically. Uh, sometimes it's 90-10, so then it's a double pushet. Sometimes it, that other truth and sister there's, it talks about the doctor choosing, and then it also sounds like from there, you could choose, and then that changes the halacha gender. Also very not convincing, because you're not choosing, you're trying to figure out what it is. And then you're whatever, whatever you decided based on the rise you have, and you don't need the DNA is always a raya. Anything you can't actually see, when I think is a raya. So you look at the physical properties, you try to figure it out to the best of your ability in conjunction with the raw bottom. And then you decide. So it is what it is because we hope we're making the right decision. And So yes, if you read it very quickly, does it show to sound like any physical change will actually dictate the halacha? There's very... The two or three tshuvas, the third tshuvas, the more he brings... The only other thing I found, besides the Sitz of the Ezer, I was so not surprised. I'm almost out of time. One other Makar. You ready for this? The Basam Rosh. So that might not faze you. Who's the Basam Rosh? Well, if I knew the answer to that question, I'd be Dirim Vatim Muranavi. The Basam Rosh is a safer that's quoted, was put out by later the erupted Amachlekes, which still isn't settled, whether it was a forgery. It was put out by somebody who was a shtickle maskil, the beginning of the Ascola, brilliant guy, and he put out a safer for Sam Rosh. Sam Rosh is quoted by Biki Vega and others. So you say, That's not so posh because, yes, yeah, Rabbi Vega quoted, I'm sure he had the Yisad to quote the part that was Emes. There are three camps. 
somehow the whole thing's a forgery and this Moscow just made up his own perm terror. He made a truvis and he, uh, which is possible, he's a very bright guy. Some say it's legit and they found an old manuscript for the Rosh. Can you imagine they found the manuscript for the Rosh? They're talking about finding a Rishon and just putting out that some members should put out as like truvis or Rosh. And it was put out pretty late. So that's always suspect. They find the manuscript. And they found the Miri. They had rise with cross-references to figure out that was really the Miri. The Miri is quoted by other sources that we were able to spot-check. And they found the Miri very late, like last century. So some say the truth is in the middle, and probably is. He probably found some Chuvas, some manuscripts, and then padded it with his own brilliance. There's some very bizarre Chuvas in there. It's like he has one where a guy was having a rough time in life, and he said, he asked, he, quote-unquote, Essentially, he asked the rush, it's really tough and I'm really uh, not having a good time. Can I commit suicide? And he said, well, if it's really bad. <laughs> like, there are certain truths there you could tell, like, the rush probably didn't author this. And the Basama Rush of all sources, which is one of the weakest sources, again, Rabbi Kivega quoted it, it's probably some of the truth is legit, and he quoted what he thought the lumps are good, and he didn't have to check whether it was the rush or not. Lamais the Basamber talks about a case also with the Kedushin and something changed and he says the same thing. Maybe there's no need for a get. The same thing that Sisulia says. Those are the only two sources. This old manuscript from hundreds of years ago, quoting other manuscripts from before, and this. So what did Sisulia's are held? Can there be a lucky change? I'm not 100% convinced. 100% convinced these aren't necessarily clear rise. The third chuvo is, is also the Loshanius, a little confusing. But the, the, the case that everybody quotes about this person was married discussing a get is only because Pasha says maybe there was no marriage in the first place, and that's why you wouldn't need a get. Even if it's a hold of this, nobody else agrees. So Lalachalamais doesn't change. The poison of this uh, of this whole discussion is that uh, they're looking for Rayas to establish a head to do something to Khatrila. Sitzilaza certainly doesn't say that. And that's the issue over here. We said enough already. We'll continue Mitzvah Shem next week.